No, the the one nice thing for the Red Wings is that Grand Rapids is very close. I mean, it's it's a it's a drive, so you're not asking, you know, you're not telling a guy to go and fly to the other side of the country for your farm team, right. and then maybe bring them back. So cost wise and and time wise, uh, I think for the Red Wings they can afford to send some guys down and and call them up rather easily. It's kind of the same situation, not quite as easily as as Toronto has, where you know their minor league team meets in the same city, so it's yes. not like it's it's a problem, but. Uh, so I think that there is an advantage of being two and a half hours away from your farm team. But, yeah, they're in an interesting predicament because... In a few weeks, they're going to have to make at least one move, maybe two moves, just to get roster compliant. And I'm wondering, A, like who's the going to be the one to go? Uh, okay, so who will be the one to go? I mean, aside from Ever- Emerton... It's hard to it's hard not to say Patrick Eves if he's ever healthy because he's the player you have the most of, um, but I I also think he come playoff time last season he kind of earned earned a little brownie points with his play, but I I think he's just he's the guy that first this, guy to at go at this point the Wings almost need to say we need to we need to package some of our assets and and shift like. They have a lot of the same third, fourth, fourth line guys that they're not the they're not necessarily grind nears. I mean, Eves can play that role. Uh, he can he can kind of play a two way game. I guess that would be the way that he'd be described. But he's not going to score even fifteen goals really in a season. He did once. He he did once with with uh, Daniel Alfredson. Yes, it was with Daniel Alfredson. <laughs> uh, that was back probably five yeah. years ago. Yep, but. He's not a guy who's going to blow you away in any area, but he's a depth guy. And in my mind, do the Wings not need some depth on defense as opposed to depth on forward? They have the depth on forward, and I know that defense is a a more coveted position, especially as far as depth goes, but I wouldn't hate having a guy like like Patrick Eves on on my roster if I'm the other 29 teams in the league as a depth guy if I if I can give up a depth defenseman if I'm overloaded with them and and you don't have to look further than the team that I like the Leafs to see a team that has quite a bit of depth on the blue line now I know boy it would just be a joy if the Wings would take John Michael Lyles from us that is like three point <laughs> three four million dollar cap hit that would, math doesn't add up but that's okay not gonna happen but for example uh, but I mean, there's teams out there with depth on defense, and why they aren't making more of an effort to to at least explore that, which I, I hope they are. I guess I can't say that definitively not. that they are, but I mean, it just doesn't seem like there's much chatter. Here's my thought with the situation they're in, because now now that you've made it to the regular season, and when these guys get healthy, you're going to have to make a move. And there's nothing opposing GMs are going to like more than saying when when you call them saying, "Yeah, but you got to make a move." You know, Ken Holland's leverage on these guys. So I I fear that it's going to end up to just to be able to send a team out on the ice, you might have to give up something you don't want to because you put yourself in this predicament where you have too many players. Sure. And I, there's always the option, as long as they're under the cap, there's always the option of sending a guy down to make the roster spot. But I think a lot of people might not know that now you cannot bury the the NHL contract. Right, you can only up to $900,000 of the cap into the minor leagues. Yeah. Right. So And, and that's going to be issue, an issue for a lot of these guys. So 
as far as where the wings are going to go with that, it's uh, Ken Holland knows, and no, it's hard to even guess because there's just like they have the same players over and over again on their roster, and they don't they don't draw much trade value. Sure, and that's that's where I see you got to keep Tutu because he at least he is a he's different a dimensional player. Uh, yeah, I and mean, I know he he's not the greatest fighter, but he's willing to fight. He's not the greatest defensively or offensively, but he's he's willing to do something that you don't have anywhere else in the roster. And that's and that's that's why a guy like Daniel Cleary works in Detroit because, I and mean, yeah, you have Bertuzzi, but how how many games do Bertuzzi going to play this year? You know what, my I, I think Bertuzzi's value is really in the in the shootout now. Although his spinorama is is no longer allowed. I no, guess. They're, they're allowed. They do still allow those. Oh, yeah. Mason Raymond last night in the Ottawa game. That's I, how uh, that's how he scored, and he gotcha. he was basically do a dead stop. I, I guess I, they had talked about they had talked about it, it and they decided they to keep okay. it. Yeah. For some reason, I thought that that went through. But anyhow, I think Todd Bertuzzi's value in the in the shootout can't be understated. That's not going to help you in the playoffs. But the guy has been able to score some shootout goals, and as as silly as it sounds, the shootout you know is determining a lot of playoff positions. And you might want to have that Todd Bertuzzi in your lineup, who you know you can stick in every once in a while. And if you happen to go to a, a shootout, you can throw him in there. Yeah. The the one thing about a player who's good in a shootout, especially a player that's as old as Bertuzzi, I would. I guess I would I would go back and and obviously his statistics in the shootout he's he's greater than the average the average is like is about thirty percent I think that Bertuzzi's higher high thirties if I'm right I don't know it off the top of my head uh, but. but he de- yeah he's definitely dynamic in the shootout for sure as far as percentage goes I I, I couldn't tell you for sure but uh, I don't think the teams are willing to pay for a player just because he's yeah, getting a shootout. I, uh, two, uh, you're two talking 10 times some, a year? Two million and some change is a lot to pay. I'm not saying, I'm just saying that that's where his value is on this team. I'm not saying it's right that they're paying him what he's paying. And if he, if he left, you certainly wouldn't hear too many, you sure. know, cries out from me. The Wings are such a funny team because they are, they're that team to everybody. I mean, for 15 years now, everybody's wanted is like, Oh, the wings are going to take a step back. Oh, the wings are going to take a step back. Oh, they're going to take a step back. And it's been the same noise every year. And they ultimately, now they haven't missed the playoffs. And so they haven't taken such a far step backwards where they're out of contention. Now, I don't think they're going to miss the playoffs this year, but I think they're somewhere in between. I've heard anywhere from the wings are going to be the top team in the Eastern Conference to the wings are going to miss the playoffs. And I think that it's somewhere in between. I like them as far as who's on the roster. I think they have a good team. Uh, Jimmy Howard is a, is a good goalie. I just there's pieces on their team where I look at other teams like a Pittsburgh, where there is no one on Detroit that can match up with certain players on Pittsburgh. Like the two lines that they have in their top six, and especially when when James Neal is healthy, and you have Crosby, Kunitz, and then Malkin and Neal. The Wings don't have that. I, I I think the Wings brought in Stephen Weiss thinking that he could be that guy. And I like I said, I think he still needs more time. But what I do like about the Wings roster, and I, I've i been very outspoken about where I want Nyquist to be, and that's in the NHL. But what I will commend them for doing is they've hoarded NHL-quality talent. Um, there's other teams, if you get to their fourth line or their 13th forward, 
you know, they're guys who they sure. could be in the AHL. And and what they have at least in doing this is a, a bevy of players who you can say, yeah, that guy belongs in the in the NHL. But see, is that also a negative because they have yes. so many guys <laughs> that are on the fence that there isn't the kind of competition where if you're 13th forward, you have a guy in the AHL who who knows if I play well, I'm coming up to the big club. I know that. I know that I I have a like a chance to at least compete for a, a third or fourth line spot, or or maybe even a top six spot if I'm if there's a couple injuries, I can compete for those spots. There's there's teams out there that have that, whereas the Wings have so many players that they just toss up into the top six, and they would they would just pull them up into the fourth line, and they know, okay, well, when I get called up, I'm going to be playing on the third line, even though here in the AHL I'm on the first line, and I'm actually better than where I'm playing, but I'm not getting an opportunity over a large sample amount of games. You know, we're talking, you need a half a season to show really what you're what you can expect from a player and a guy like Nyquist he's just not getting it and every it's like the guy has to prove himself every single time he plays a game and it almost isn't fair to him and he's and he's clearly already proven himself and i i mike babcock came out and said you know is a is a tie and in this case tie goes to the veteran a, a, a tie. A tie goes to the guy that makes more money, and it's a lot harder to send well, him to the minors. Yeah, I, and, that's and really what happened. If he if he got sent to the minors, uh, and yeah, and I think you have a, a real good point about the the mindset of what Nyquist is going through right now because he's a guy who, in his head, knows he belongs in the NHL, and you know he's been a good soldier thus far. Obviously, the Red Wings have always been a team that are is it's just tough to crack. But I once you crack it and you know you can crack it and then they send you back down, um, and how long before you you become a little disgruntled? Sure. And I guess you know as long as he's under contract, that's not really their problem. But yeah, I mean, aside from going and signing signing in the KHL or something, and right, which but, I don't see Nyquist doing. But, but you want Nyquist like I, I well, you want him to get better. You want him to get better, and you want him to. Play against that NHL competition, and right now, and that's how he gets better, right? And he's at a spot right now where, yeah, like you said, he's going to be playing on the third line, but they could just as easily create their third line to be Anderson, Tatar, and Nyquist, and now you've got the same chemistry you had with the other guys when you were in the AHL. You're playing against third line competition, and you were a a first line AHL line. At, I'm, there's some Seems fuzzy math sense. there, yeah. but you know you could do that, and that would help all of those players develop. Instead, you're filling your lineup card your lineup card out. It's baseball season, everybody, <laughs> and you've got you know Todd Bertuzzi, Daniel Cleary, and well Anderson still centering that third line. Um, but they just, I guess, are you balancing it? I'm not even sure the move makes sense for right now, and it certainly doesn't make sense for the future. Well, and uh, let's not kid ourselves. It's not. It's not permanent. It, and and it's not 1970 anymore. Where if you're playing in the minor leagues, you're like driving around in nasty buses and like basically like school buses driving hundreds of miles. Like we know that it's not nearly the minor leagues is still a professional league. You're you're still getting treated pretty oh, and, well. Yeah. But it is nothing compared to the NHL. The NHL, you are you are treated like a god. You are set when wherever you go you have 
I mean, every player aside from rookies gets their own room, their own hotel rooms recently negotiated in the, in the new collective bargaining. And there is just a different level of respect and comfort that you get as an NHL player because of what you're going to go out and do. And the amount of money that you make is different. Like guys contracts. I'm not sure how, I'm not sure how his contract is, uh, is he's not on a one way. Is he on a two-way or a one-way? Um, he's on a one-way, but he's waiver-exempt because of, I believe, games played in the NHL. Okay. So at least, I mean, at <laughs> least he's making his, finally making his money. He's not making his, like, 25% or whatever the percentage is that they get. But, uh, I mean, it's just a different world. And to, there is a huge desire to want to be a part of that world and to keep getting sent down. I could see how that could get well, really frustrating. And not me. only that, and... From a developmental standpoint, now you've you've got Daniel Elfordson here. You've got guys who you want them to, you know, kind of take under his wing and all that stuff, and you're not getting that in Grand Rapids. But I, I think what we have to decide here, though, is that this... Are we going to watch the Red Wings the rest of the season because of this Travis Shea mockery? <laughs> that, that's a fair question, <laughs> and I'm not sure. No, and... That's my George Bushism. That's <laughs> Travis Shea mockery. <laughs> Spell that for me. No. Oh, okay. No. Uh, anyhow, it it's a question that is is just going to have to play out, I guess, because it's hard to speculate what moves will be made. Um, I'm just I'm really upset that he's down there, and I I completely understand why. And it is it's a smart move by Ken Holland to have him down there and not risk you know having to uh, have the decision made for you who's going to leave. But sure. uh, when it when is he coming, I guess, is the best question. And when he's here, does he get to stay here? Or is it going to be because of injury and stuff like that? But Well, and how many games does he need to play before he's no longer waiver exempt? And does that last throughout the whole season? Or is it once he cracks a certain amount of games, it, it that... See, I'm hoping that's not even a question in their mind. I'm hoping they're just saying, we're going to make room for you. Give us a moment (laughs) while we do that. Um, But I, like I said, it's just going to have to be a wait and see. And that's the most frustrating part of this because people, oh, well, what's your solution? Well, I have no idea. It just, it's got to happen. Anyway, um, that's 35 minutes on the Detroit Red Wings, Red Wings. and I'd, I'd really like to kind of get into their a little more into their defensive issue. I'd love to, but Daniel um, DeKaiser and Nicholas Cronwall leading the way. I, I got a DeKaiser. I wish he play, he's played 18 minutes a game like he's, on average just through the three games. Yeah, and I almost wish he would play more because at times he he's looked like the steadiest guy out there. Um, he definitely has a poise about him. Yeah. When, when he gets a, the puck, he knows what to do with it. Absolutely. And not only that, even coming back the other way, he seems like he's positionally really sound already. Uh, more so even than like a Kyle Quincy, who I think has looked a lot better. Um, I've seen him I've seen him be a really good NHL defenseman. Sure. And I, maybe that's just what sticks in my mind when I see him, and that's why I've been giving him a little bit more of a benefit of the doubt. I think I think a lot of people around here look at him as the guy who went somewhere else for a while and came back. But you know, it, on on the Avalanche, he was 
pretty darn good. When he was in L.A. on the power play, he was a you know pretty yeah. stellar. So Colorado. when he got here, wasn't he in Colorado? Was he in L.A. too? He was in L.A. first, then he went to Colorado, and then he went to Tampa, right? Oh, that was the th- he was he was, was in the, Tampa three way trade, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> but anyhow, um, I I think he's going to be a guy that I, I people see a little bit more improvement in. Uh, because believe it or not, he's been here two seasons now. Well, a season that he got trade here. deadline, and then last year and this year, yeah. And that this was his first training camp here, yes. and obviously he grew up in the system. But well, there there was a training camp last season, but well, sort of, yeah, like a week. Right? <laughs> it was like yeah, it was like a, a full training camp. Yes, you're right. Sorry. Oh no problem. I'm just saying. That he's had a little bit more time to to gel with his teammate. He has a consistent defensive partner. Um, uh, Kyle Quincy, I guess, is all I'm saying about him is he's going to be a better defenseman this season. And honestly, what I mean, I think that there's a little security for him. There's teams are not selling their defensemen. There, are, I mean, at least here for the first. Six, uh, not six months for the first like four months of the season until the trade deadline in February. Uh, oh, actually, I think it's is the trade deadline like March third this year. Or something? Uh, yeah, I think it's, it's a little March later. Now. Uh, but when you look at because the of the Olympics, ah, uh, yes, yes. When you look at the defensemen that are available right now, I I'm hearing crickets. Like they're, they're did, I've heard no talks. Did of, Hal Gill end up signing? Hal Gill signed with Philadelphia. He did. Yeah. Okay, so. There's not, I mean, there's the free agency wise, there's really nobody that you're going to bring in that's better than Kyle Quincy. That's for sure. Ian White is still out there. Yeah, Ian White. (laughs) Uh, But I think there, and even at trade deadline time, there's there's not defensemen that I can think of off the top of my head that are going to be so valuable that the wings are going to go out, give up potentially a first, a second round pick, because that's what you're going to have to give up to get somebody who's as good or better than Kyle Quincy. And. I think it would be foolish for the Wings to give up their first-round draft picks at this point because it's becoming very evident that your team, especially now in the salary cap age, if you keep on, if you trade away your first-round draft picks and they don't end up turning out, you're going to be in trouble. And by the and the Wings, by the way, have been really up on their guys that are in Grand Rapids now, um, as you said, uh, Almquist and Sproul and Alouette, Riley Sheehan. Well, yeah, Teletubby guy. Uh, but and that, by the way, that makes it more maddening when you think about Nyquist being down, and then you have all these young defensemen up, and they're, you know, it, it's kind of a contradiction of strategy. Where like sure. with the forwards, we're going to go all veterans, but you know, we didn't bring in a veteran defenseman here, and now we're just going with the same. And I guess it's hard to argue because they got you know that one game from the Western. Conference finals, but so uh, that's the Red Wings defense. Um, Jonas Gustafson, is he ever going to play again? The monster, poor guy, poor guy's groin. It, yeah, I know, and it's been a problem for the last three years, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, I mean, the guy just he almost needs to just shut it down for a full season. I don't know if he needs surgery or if he needs to get stronger or if there's just something in the way that he plays goalie where he needs to adjust and play differently. I'm not sure, but. He is a mess. And, yeah, hopefully Jimmy Howard doesn't get hurt. Right, yeah, <laughs> because I, not that Gustafson was all that much of a saving grace, but 
But Gustafson has come in before and played well over like eight to ten game stretches and and been decent. Which is which is really what really all you want from him because Jimmy Howard is your workhorse. Sure. Um it's just when when you want to give Jimmy a rest and that guy's not there, it's it's pretty tough, especially when he's eating up a million and a half. Not that that's a bad number, but right. you've already got all these cap problems and he's twice of what Mrazic is making. I would I wonder you know, if if he's, I mean, obviously, if he's injured seriously, he'll go on LTI and he won't cost the Wings anything against I, their cap. At I least. believe he's there now, actually. Okay, so right now he's not costing them, but when when he'll be back is a a question mark. Correct. All right. Well, I think that's all we got for Wings. What do we make it? Yep. Probably forty. Red Wings. We got forty one and a half minutes right oh, now. So uh, this has been Mark Paul and Ryan Larimore. For end-to-end podcast, we hope that you'll keep listening, and uh, we will come back at you soon with more Hockey Talk. Hopefully with a little bit larger sample size. Hopefully. (laughs) Two games. Hopefully they play a few more games. Hopefully they play more games this season. Here's to hoping. See ya.